It's me, Mario! Back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of GoombaStomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us, we have games editor Mark Kalaroff. There's too much stuff to buy. There's entirely too much stuff to buy, and with us to discuss said stuff, indie games editor Campbell Gill. You know me, I'm all about the stuff, especially when that stuff is Legos and games together. Yeah, it's... It's truly ridiculous. So Nintendo, I guess not Nintendo, but I guess Lego company announced today a incredible-looking Lego set. Uh, it is a question block from the Super Mario Brothers series, a 3D question block made entirely out of Legos that kind of unfolds into a Super Mario 64-themed set. It looks insane. Uh, what do you guys think about this thing? It looks absolutely incredible. When I saw the announcement this morning, my jaw literally dropped because it looks like everything I've ever really wanted out of a Lego set. I love the sets that they've been doing lately where you have something that can unfold or change. One set that I have that I really love is this like book that opens up and it's like a pop-up book on the inside. Um, this set looks amazing and I think it's a really cool addition to the other Mario set that they previously had. I think this is such a really inventive idea even though there isn't even a question block in Super Mario 64. <laughs> so it's an odd choice, but you know what? It still looks great, so I won't complain. That's extremely funny. I hadn't actually thought about that. Um, I guess there's like the power-up, the cap blocks, but those are colored and they're not yellow like that. So that's mm -hmm. actually really yeah. funny. Yeah, they're um, red in the original game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so and it's funny because it's actually... You brought up the comparison to the uh, the NES set that they that they made recently, Campbell. And this one's very different than that. Uh, the NES set was kind of a love letter to to the '80s in general. It had a little, it had a little TV, uh, and then it had the NES that, like, quote unquote, plugged into it. Uh, and then on the screen, there was like a, a thing you could rotate in the back to make it look like Mario was was moving through level uh, one one. An, an incredible Lego set to be sure, but very different than this one. Uh, this one. Uh, it's, yeah, it's like you described. It does feel like a pop-up book. It feels like it. it's one thing that changes into another thing, which is just so inventive and incredible. And uh, I, I think, I don't know, I'm very tempted to drop about $200 on this thing when, if, you know, when it comes out. Frankly, I, I was expecting it to be to. more. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Um, did you guys have... It's interesting because I don't particularly like the... Nintendo Lego sets that they've been making lately, the, the ones that are like AR games? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I don't really like the existing Mario set. Like, I think it's a cool novelty, perhaps, but just the Mario figure with a screen in the middle just looks so bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> kind of strange. There's some yeah. things that I like. I like how the bob look. I like how the Yoshi looks. But the actual Mario figure, the actual Lego sets themselves, I don't think they're... I don't know. I don't, I don't love them to be honest. Um, but these 
uh, this one and the NES one, I think, are, are I don't know, they're a little, I don't know, they're more interesting to me. They're more, uh, they feel more like something I would actually build. Yeah, I like the display stuff more as I've grown older. I mean, if I was a kid, then, you know, the other LEGO Mario sets I probably would love, but sure, that time has passed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, yes, us, uh, us old heads out here. Uh, we prefer the collector's items, the display items. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, um, Lego architecture sets are fantastic and beautiful. They are. Like, I, I have just, yeah. I was I, about to say, I just literally bought one for my girlfriend's anniversary, and it's, I got it the Paris one, and it looks fantastic. And oh, I'd fantastic, love to see sure. stuff like that with Nintendo. Yeah, I have the Seattle Space Needle proudly adorning my desk. What if they just desk. made the, the Nintendo headquarters in Japan? <laughs> Just like a generic, <laughs> generic, generic office, office building. building. Yeah, but you would have like a sticker that says Nintendo on it, and that would be what makes it special. And the that inside would be, would be so completely funny. empty because no one's allowed to see what's in there. No, no, actually, the inside would be filled with ninjas because they're just preparing to fight off anybody trying to get inside. There, yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's either complete. Well, I mean, it's not like you would see the ninjas anyway; they would be invisible. Yeah. Oh, that's a very good point. I mean, you won't see them until it's too late. And then in uh, Doug Bowser's office, there'd be a box in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Doug Bowser figure is actually just a little mini Bowser. Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> little Bowser Jr. And they have the it's a little Bowser Jr. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, it looks. I don't know. It looks really cool. I'm. I I would love if they did like this is me. This is like me always wanting more. So they're doing this one for Super Mario sixty four, right? It's like a little question block. What if they did one for every mainline Mario game? Wouldn't that be incredible? Oh, they oh. should do the the flood box from Super Mario Sunshine, and then when you press the That's top, it I'm opens, saying, and it's Delfino Plaza. Okay, but what I'm imagining now is I have no idea how they would do this, but out of the question block, you have different little planetoids come out from Mario Galaxy. Like, you have some, like, clear wiring or something holding them up. Maybe it comes out from oh, the sides. Yeah. It oh, unfolds into so a little cool. galaxy. That would be incredible. Well, would it unfold to the galaxy, or would it unfold into the uh, whatever the whatever the spaceship is? Rosalina's observatory. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Oh yes, man, yes. that would be fantastic mm, too. Be, wouldn't that be incredible? Oh my god! Now you're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the possibilities Nintendo. are endless. What if this does become like a running theme? And what if they do this, hear me out, for other Nintendo series? Like imagine oh like a treasure chest that unfolds into scenes from Zelda. Like oh, that would sure. just be phenomenal. Wow. Or when you open yeah, the treasure can... chest, it's the map from The Link to the Past. Oh my gosh. I have yeah, literally wanted Lego a Lego set of that. There. I am creating a post right now for that <laughs> that would be fantastic yeah, honestly yeah. That, that, that's that's a, that's a great idea like after the after this reveal here's what we hope for that would be awesome yeah and i have personally wanted a lego set of the a link to the past overworld so you know it would just be a match made in heaven i'm yeah, so surprised we don't dream. have lego zelda you know yeah people have been wanting that on lego ideas and posting ideas for for so long it's weird that it hasn't been picked up yet i think it'll uh, happen i mean it, it'll I, happen I eventually. I, I don't know if it's weird as much as Mario's just such so much more recognizable. Do you know what I mean? Like like the Mario stuff is like it's easy to see why Nintendo and and uh, and Lego would collaborate with Mario stuff versus, I think versus um, you know other franchises. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that does make sense. I guess the the issue is more that it's taken this long. You know, like it makes sense for them to do Mario first. But it's been a while coming, and people have been wanting and clamoring for Zelda sets, or even Metroid sets, so on and so forth, for years before Nintendo and Lego actually put out 
these kits. I mean, so. let's 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 crush some dreams right now. Nintendo will never make a Lego Metroid thing. I don't know. Like, I I honestly it's... wouldn't put it past them at this point with how hard they're pushing Metroid. You know, you have new trailers, new blog posts, new everything, pretty much every day or every week. So I it wouldn't surprise me if they tried to put out some sort of you know collectible, maybe limited edition Metroid thing of some sort. I know I've seen plenty of Lego Ideas campaigns for it. Uh, okay, well that would be cool. I, now you've got me thinking about that too. Shoot. Uh... All about creating vain, empty hopes. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Campbell, for that. Damn. <laughs> meanwhile, Mark, meanwhile, Mark and I are the guys who are ready to bring it down with our cynicism. I, I really hope that um, this set does well and that we'll see more, you know? Oh, it'll do well. Even oh, listen, come this, on. I don't it'll... think this set is perfect, especially with the whole um, the question mark block not even in Mario 64. I think that's a little ridiculous that this one just happens to have Mario 64 sets. But it's such a cool concept. and it, yeah. I mean, it just looks good. It looks like it a just cool good, Lego yeah. set that you could put on display. Yeah, it's a really great conversation piece. Like, you have it on your shelf, you have guests over, and you can be like, hey, look at what this this question block does. You open it up, it's a really cool thing to show off. Yeah, it's a bunch of little cool dioramas, which is really awesome. And it reminds me of actually, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but the first Lego Minecraft set that released. Yes, that's, that's what exactly what I was thinking like, of. The little except cube. it's three little ones, yeah, inside a massive box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does look a lot like that. Um and one thing I was thinking about is it's, on the one hand, they did select some cool levels and worlds to represent in here, but obviously it's not all the levels in the game. So there are possibilities for, you know, you can create your own little dioramas and try and mm-hmm. replace them. We in also, there. we haven't seen the whole thing because I saw in some of the screenshots that, um, oh my God, what's the lava level in Mario 64 with the volcano that you can hop into? Oh, is it Bowser's you. Bowser's Lava Reef or something it's called? But that one is... Um, Lethal Lava in, Trouble. Yeah, that that's the one. It's pictured in one of the pictures, but I didn't see it in when they uh, like pushed the diorama up. So I'm wondering if they're actually like swappable with a few different ones, or mm. if there's more to the question mark block that we don't know about. Yeah, so I'm looking at it now. You can see the lava level like in the the empty square or the indentation of the box it's underneath uh, the other three okay that makes more sense i guess it does make sense for it being like a lava pit to be inside the box yeah that definitely uh, makes I sense <laughs> trying to follow your logic there but uh well it's a lava sure. pit it's Campbell, i got i got deep. your uh yeah i got your logic if anything it should have been the one uh the level with plessy oh yeah that that's that what it should have been. Yeah. Oh man, a little that was literally in the under dry, dry, dry yeah. docks. Oh, dire, dire docks. Dire, dire docks. What did I say? Dry, dry docks. Those docks are not dry. dry, dry. Water. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, dire, dire docks. Yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah, it looks really good. I want it. I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't. Like, man, I don't know. I'm hoping it doesn't like sell out immediately. Sometimes it's really hard to get those those Lego sets. Um, I, I don't think you can get that uh, that NES one right now, unless you, maybe secondhand. I don't know if you can get it from from the. From no, the Lego store I anymore. actually um I actually saw it a few weeks ago at the Lego store, literally like really? two weeks ago. Yeah, I don't know if your oh, mall shit. has like a Lego store, but they usually have it. Uh, well, there's one there's one near me that that has a Lego store in it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say that in the next like by the time the holidays roll around, I think that thing's gonna start becoming a rare set. 
Yeah, I totally Which, agree. like, if yeah. you know how Lego sets work with the whole rare, uncommon, like, retiring, then you know, yeah. like, you should probably buy it by it's like if the you, beginning if you of next it, year, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, if you see it, get it. Like, if you have the opportunity and you want this thing, like, just, just go for it first chance you get. I think you're totally right. Yeah, I was seeing it um, sell out a lot at first, and everyone was saying it was hard to get, especially the people at Nintendo Wire were struggling to get it, but now I see it everywhere, at the, least the at the NES Lego one. store. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they and they do they do like other printings, not printings, but you know what I mean. Like they they they'll they'll like release stuff again after like a year or two. You know what oh I mean? yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of their popular stuff they'll do that too. But other times, you know, it's a licensed deal, so right it goes for a certain you know specific amount of time. Especially if it's a console, I think that license is gonna run fast. You know, mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I guess I guess it remains to be seen um, what what they do with this uh, Super Mario sixty four themed one. Um, but the point is, it looks really awesome. Give us Hopefully, more. Hopefully, <laughs> in our wildest mm-hmm. dreams, yeah. it'll lead to, um, you know, it'll lead to more Nintendo-themed sets. Who knows? Um, now, do I buy awesome. this question mark block, or do I buy the Switch Lite with Palkia Dialga? Ooh, Why not both? Question. Why not both? <laughs> yeah. Just go into debt for both gaming Flip a coin. <laughs> Flip a coin. Uh, that's really funny. Um, yeah, I think that's... I think that's I don't know. I think that's the move, guys. Just go into debt, get Legos, get Switch lights. That's it. Be buried in a bathtub full of both of those things, and uh, and you will be happy in this life. Yeah. Anything else we gotta say about this thing? It looks awesome. I don't think there's much more to say beyond than like, yeah, it looks incredible, and I hope it leads to more stuff like this. You know. I actually have one more thing to say. Please. I cannot wait to pick up the penguins from the cool, cool mountain side and throw them <laughs> off the diorama. <laughs> It's only natural. Wow. It's a rule. Of course. You mm-hmm. have to murder penguins whenever possible. Did you also I... notice that uh, Yoshi is on the back of Peach's castle? I did. That was such oh, a cool I didn't detail. See that. How did I miss yeah. that? Incredible. And when you open up Peach's castle, it could like flip open and the uh, painting to the um, the lava reef level that's under the question mark block is there too. Well, and here's the... Oh my gosh, I can't believe we didn't even mention this. The, the real best part about the set... Is that if you um, if you dig really deep into it, you'll actually find Luigi in the set. Wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. Are you no, are you serious? Guys, no. Oh. Okay, you were laughing <laughs> maniacally. I wasn't sure. No, there was an old rumor back in the day that if you you know yeah yeah is real. yeah 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 the, 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 all this bs in mario 64 that you could play as luigi or something and, and if you dig in the code i guess some some hackers found that there is code for luigi there's a model uh for luigi in super mario 64 like deep in the code um so that was just my little my little reference to that but no there's no there's no luigi in this lego set guys no <laughs> So I was about cat, to say. My, my cat does not like that at all. My cat's yeah. yelling. He's the anti-Luigi. Cat's for Luigi. Oh, oh okay. I thought he was for Luigi, but... Yeah, it's we, one we, of those. We, we he's can, he's either that. anti-Luigi or he's for Luigi. <laughs> he's yeah, down yeah, the I, middle. Yeah, Who's can't, for can't, Luigi? Can't, who, who is yeah. for him? Oh, come on. Listen. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> we can't do my I man know. like that. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's, I'm gonna, let's, let's, take a, let's take a quick break. I can tell my cat to, to be quiet, and we will come right back. We're going to talk about everyone's favorite topic. Metroidvanias, so stay tuned and we'll be right back.
And we're back. So, the, the, the thing we wanted to talk about with this upcoming segment here, we, I think I mentioned Metroidvanias. The reason for that, I've been playing a, a non-Nintendo uh, Metroidvania-style game called Fist, which is on the PS5. It's really good. But it got me thinking just kind of about the genre as a whole. It got me thinking about, we got Metroid Dread coming up in about a month. Um, just Axiom Verge 2 just dropped. Lots of these games have been coming out lately. I feel as though it's just kind of worth talking about the legacy and impact of Metroid, about you know what, what makes a great Metroidvania, what makes a Metroidvania in general. Why do we call it a Metroidvania? All that kind of stuff. So I just thought we'd kind of have sort of a freewheeling discussion about... I know this topic's been covered a gajillion times in other podcasts and on the website and, you know, other places, but it's the first time we three have ever had this conversation. You know what I mean? Of so course. I thought it might be fun mm-hmm. to talk about that. Um, I guess we should start with, uh, have either of you played... We talked a little bit last week about, or was it two weeks ago, about the NES, the Super NES Classic and uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the games ago. we've been playing on that. Yeah. You guys have both played Super Metroid, right? But of course... Awesome. I uh, Mark, listen. It's fine if you I have. I'm just curious. Okay, so here's the thing. I have a huge problem with Metroidvanias, and it's Ooh. always that I get lost, and then sure. I start fumbling around, and then that's it. I shut off the game, and it never goes back on. Yeah, that's a and listen. A, there's a only real concern. Yeah, yeah. There's one Metroidvania though that I can replay over and over, and I absolutely love. And it's the Ooh, second let's try half to guess of it. Metroidvania. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's hold on. Let's let's try to guess it. Uh, is it Hollow Knight? What? No, is no. It, I, I just told Burge? you. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Which, which one was it? Which one? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Which one was it? <laughs> I said it's the other half of Metroidvania. So it's that's Hollow Knight really then. Funny. So it's Hollow Knight, right? Uh, that's really of funny. Which, which Castlevania? Was it one of the GBA ones or Symphony of the Night? No, literally, literally Symphony of the Night. I absolutely awesome. love Symphony of the Night. Just the whole. Yeah. Just everything about that game. At first, that was another game like Super Metroid where I got about a quarter way through. Uh, I played it back on PS4 when the Requiem Collection came out. And Mm. I got stuck at, um, I think it was like the Richter Belmont boss. Slight spoilers. But um, (laughs) it was like for this this 24-year-old game, yes. Well, we don't, it may come to Switch. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. You know? We should. We should There's talk about chance. that. There's a chance. There's a chance. Limited run games. They're that. putting out on physical and stuff. Why the heck is Symphony of the Night still a PlayStation exclusive? There's or one no, reason. Is it on Xbox as well? Am I crazy? It, it's been on yeah, Xbox, Xbox, but currently it's on Xbox, yeah. and it's yeah. on mobile and PC. It's so, on mobile before it yeah. came to Switch. Yeah. Well, I That's know the reason for that. Crazy. Though, because Konami. Tell me. That's all. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, if if Symphony of the Night came to Switch, that would be such a gosh darn game changer. Yeah, I've been um, waiting for Symphony of the Night to come to Switch because have I haven't played it, played it. No, I've played oh, Super Metroid, Campbell. but not Symphony of the Night. So I no, guess I'm the good. perfect counterpart for Mark. <laughs> See, this is good. Yeah. So we've got we've got Mark who has not played Super Metroid. We've got Campbell who has not played Symphony of the Night. We have me who has a thousand years old and has played both of them. Uh, Symphony of the Night is so good. It's, it's good. It's Super the, Metroid one is one so good. Few, <laughs> it's one of the few of the genre that I've actually completed. I've seen uh, it all the way through. Both castles in Symphony of the Night. Right. Well, and I think, okay, I think now is a great point to talk about 
so when we say because we people who work in the games media industry love to throw around the phrase metroidvania metroidvania right what do we mean when we say metroidvania when i think of that i think of uh, a 2d side scrolling action game with heavy exploration uh and movement elements is that i would like, classify exactly. it as a uh platformer with action and backtracking is it a platformer yes. though i mean platforming well, is an element but i would classify I, it more as an action in, or adventure game well, i would i mean so that's so that's it's that's a 2d gets, yeah it's a 2d game but what what metroidvania do you know that doesn't use platforming i'm not saying yeah. that doesn't use platforming but i'm referring more to the emphasis whether it emphasizes making tricky jumps or whether it emphasizes using items to open new paths forward and if you play you know super metroid or even modern games like hollow knight it's more about the items and you know opening up these locked doors or getting past this obstacle but there is a focus on platforming absolutely it's an element Uh, let's say this maybe not platforming but like movement or traversal in some capacity right Mm mm-hmm um, because I think all, all of those games that we love, there's something, something about them that's like, feels good to move around, whether that's unlocking a double jump, unlocking a wall jump, unlocking a super dash, like whatever, something like that, that makes movement incredible and opens up new pathways in the map, whatever that means. I think that's, uh, I think that, that tracks, right? I'd say so. Yeah, that I think in a general right. sense, yeah. yeah. So so that being said, Nintendo, you know, obviously Sony, Symphony of the Night, a Stone Cold classic, and it is the other half of this phrase. It helped popularize and make, you know, it, it helped define what a Metroidvania is. But I think the roots of it can certainly be traced back to Metroid and Super Metroid. I think that's, I think that's undeniable. N- Nintendo really were the people who... The company, rather, that uh, that came up with this concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I don't know. I wonder if... I wonder how much of Metroid Dread is going to be like the older Metroid games. I'm very curious to see how that goes. Um, well, you'll kind of know if you played Metroid Samus Returns. Because uh, isn't it the same developer? Point. It is, yeah. It is the same yeah. developer. and So and it'll I guess probably I, be like that. And it, it might lead to this might lead to another point of uh, conversation. Did either of you guys watch the recent Metroid Dread gameplay trailer? I did. No, yes. because I actually want to play Metroid Dread. Santa heard not to. <laughs> I also want to play it, but I watched Kibble, the trailer you said, before. Kibble, you were the one who said not to watch it. Exactly, in the chat. because I watched it, <laughs> and then I saw all the man. I mean, it is an amazing trailer. And it shows off so much cool stuff about the game. But, like, there were so many things in there that I wish I didn't know. Because playing the sure. game and seeing what was shown in the trailer, using diplomatic language here, would yeah, be say, incredible. I, I appreciate like you. Like the, uh, uh, you know, Super Smash Brothers Melee stage thingy that you guys know what I'm talking about. But let's I not know, say it. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I do, I Campbell, I do appreciate using, uh, as you said, diplomatic language. Because I, too, have not watched this trailer. It's interesting. Good. I it's weird. Uh, trailers for games generally, like yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. I don't, I don't give a I don't give a damn because, uh, I, I don't know. It's tricky unless there's like a major plot 
meat that's being spoiled, it's like, yeah, it's not, it doesn't matter because the watching something and playing something are so entirely different experiences. Do you know what I mean? So I, I feel as though watching a Metro Dread trailer wouldn't spoil it for me. But Campbell, do you feel like things were spoiled for you? I do, absolutely. Because it wow. shows off things that um, would be really amazing to discover in the moment because of what mm. they mean for the Metroid series, people who like Metroid games. There were some callbacks or some things that would be really cool to discover as you're playing through it. So uh, it did show a lot of great gameplay that wasn't necessarily spoilery or anything like that. But there were just a handful of things that radically changed the way you really perceive what the game is going to be about. Um, Interesting. Wow. So, yeah, it reveals a lot of big things. And presumably, you know, I can only assume that the major things that the trailer showed are revealed early on in the story. But the fact I, that it was I, held back for so yes. long really suggests that there was an element of surprise there that would well, really be I valuable. Think, I think to me that's why I'm never really bothered with this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm in a game trailer because it's like well if they're showing it in the trailer it's probably going to come up within the first hour of gameplay right yeah no i've never been really focused on spoilers or really upset about a trailer showing off a specific character or story beat or anything because just like you said if they're showing it off it must not be that big of a surprise but there are cases the where it's thing. different with um, Super Mario Odyssey, I remember when that was coming out, people were oh, mad yeah. that they showed off the dinosaur, the dragon, uh, the uh, the boss fight with Bowser in the clouds, and it was like, there were so many surprises in that game. Like, all that stuff didn't matter, you know? And that was a central mechanic of the game, too. It's not like it was mm-hmm. this really hidden surprise that will take you I think maybe shock. the dragon shouldn't have been spoiled, because I feel like that was... Because yeah. that stage is literally, like, the boss fight. That's the only thing to really do right. there, besides, like, ten extra moons or whatever, which is no time whatsoever. It's probably the one stage everyone has completed from that game. Right. But, um, yeah, I... I don't know. I don't just. I don't want to watch the trailer because Metroid hasn't had a game in so long, or at least like you know a new mainline game. So I don't really don't want to watch it because I really want to get into the franchise. But at the same time, if I did see it, I feel like I would still be so surprised by whatever Metroid Dread is going to hold. You know, right. like Metroid: Samus Returns on 3DS. Even that one, people said had a lot of surprises. Meanwhile, isn't it just a remake of Metroid 2 on Game Boy? Right, it's a remake right. and a reimagining. But you well, know, that's what that's what yeah. makes these kinds of trailers great. On the other hand, is that there's the implication that if they're showing off so much in a trailer right now, months before release, imagine what the actual game is going to have. You know, if this is so much surprising, imagine what surprises are going to be left further into the campaign. So it's just like how when you watched the the Mario Odyssey trailer, or another example that comes to mind is the January 2017 Breath of the Wild the trailer Wild, yeah, that, that showed off too. the story. Yeah. It showed off tons of the game, but really it only scratched the surface of everything there is to do in it. And I have a mm-hmm. feeling that obviously, you know, Metroid Dread isn't going to be as big or expansive as Breath of the Wild, but it will have lots that can take players by surprise, really catch you off your feet. Um, so I, I'm not really too concerned that it showed its full hand. At this point, right. but it does suggest it's also a it's game that like, needs experience. it needs advertising. Yes, like, exactly. I know people. Yeah. Obviously, if you're a diehard fan, you should know not to just watch it. You know, but are, it's important that they are, get this stuff clear, out. You know, let me be very clear. There are dozens of diehard Metroid fans. Okay, okay, dozens of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
but they should um, like they should know by now that if they don't want to be spoiled then maybe they shouldn't be watching every single thing that comes out and what's really well, cool is nintendo okay, right now is doing the metroid um report every single week exactly shows off new stuff which is really if you haven't read them by the way you should because they're great pieces of information and they have a lot about the game that you probably don't know but it's not like stuff that will get massively spoiled it like goes over some uh samus's moveset and her origins and stuff about the chozo and the planet she's going to and it's all basic stuff but it's stuff that'll get you excited there's one really cool piece about how it's the history of metroid and it does a great job at telling you what you need to know before you play this game in case you haven't played the other four entries you know yeah well because at the end of the day and like ultimately here's the thing ultimately at the end of the day the story of metroid dread to me at least is secondary to like is the the gameplay game good mm-hmm. you know the what atmosphere. i mean yeah. And yeah. the atmosphere. Well, exactly. here's the thing. It's not just the story, but it is the atmosphere and it's the world building. You know, it may right. not be the exact beats of the story, you know, your beginning, your middle, your end, your conflict, so on and so forth, but it's the characters that inhabit the world, the uh, the cultures, the environments you encounter throughout it. That's what really makes a Metroidvania memorable when you have such right. interesting environments to explore. So I'm not really concerned about Metroid Dread spoiling the story, but it is the environment. It is the things you discover throughout it. That's the things that I think are really um, perhaps precarious to show off too much of. And that's why I think right. this trailer goes a little too far because it reveals more about the setting. That's, yeah, that's fair true. enough. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair enough. So, but watch so all that, this stuff will be like in the first two hours of the game. Oh yeah, exactly. And I will say I don't want to spoil the tra- the trailer at all, but I will say this: the part where Kirby shows up is just incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy they got Luigi in uh, Metroid Dread. Unbelievable. I know, right? It's like um, the part where the Pikmin lifted up Samus's ship and brought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And br- <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I would play when that the, when Olimar sucked it up and left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like a loft wing showed up for some reason. Like there's just it was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I loved it. Um, so that being said, so to to bring it back around to like the general topic of of a Metroidvania. So obviously the, the Switch has had, uh, I don't know, kind of an an unending stream of Metroidvanias. In my opinion, it feels like every couple of months we're getting a new one. Or mm-hmm. something's being ported over, or there's an indie game that's like taking inspiration from something like that. I, I can't remember which one of you reviewed Axiom Verge two. That was me. That was you. So, like comparing that to Metroid, I guess I, I don't want to make the direct comparison because obviously Axiom Verge is specifically a love letter to Super Metroid. Campbell, you gotta play. You gotta not not Campbell. Mark, you gotta play Super Metroid. I can't. I can't express it enough. Um, I want to play it, but I don't know if I should play the first Metroid. You do no, not, not need to I play the like, first Metroid. I feel like, though, I should play them in order, because I really want to get into Metroid. No, you really don't need to. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've played the first Metroid. You don't want to put yourself through that. Maybe Here's what, I'll say. Here's what I'll say. They're all if good can, games. If you can, from it's what an I'm NES game. <laughs> if you can so? get your hands on Zero Mission, play that. Mm, I, I get the you GBA drift, one? Cameron, from, huh. from Documents Online. What did I say? What did I say? Did I, am I downloads? <laughs> Ooh, listen. Uh, all the only way to say, find it. Oh wait, no, no, no. It's on. It's on 3DS. I was show, gonna right? say what. It's you don't have to do anything. Oh wait, no, it's Nintendo not. Ninjas it's on the Wii U shop. Yeah. It is on the, on the Wii U shop. shop. Yeah. Mm. And we all still have our Wii U's hooked up, of course. Again, there are dozens of us. Dozens. Truly, uh, dozens. <laughs> almost as many as there are Metroid fans. 
<laughs> oh my god. Um, but seriously, if if you if you are like, mm, and Mark, I get where you're coming from. Like every time I get ex- I see a, a trailer for a sequel to a game, or I I hear like, oh my god, you know, a- for example, Axiom Verge two. I'm like, okay, yeah, I gotta play the first one. I think in this specific situation. If you can play the updated Game Boy Advance version of of uh, the first Metroid game, I highly recommend that. The first one is good; it's it's a classic game, but it is a it is an NES game. It it has some it, you know it shows its age. I would yeah. say it shows its age, perhaps more so than I don't know, maybe more so than a lot of other NES games. Like it's hard as hell and it's very obtuse. Obviously, it was made for. People to have a manual in front of them. It was made for them mm-hmm. to have Nintendo power with maps and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's like... The one problem I have with the Metroid series is every time I get into one of these games, I get up to a room and then it's like, oh, did you know you were supposed to put the bomb in the corner and wait on this specific pixel and then it gets the thing to go up? And I'm That's like... That's what I'm saying. How could you have figured that out, you know? Okay, but I don't are, like playing... Yeah. The thing is, I don't like playing games with guides, you know? But there are, I will say, in Super Metroid, there are items and abilities that help you see where, you know, where you may need to place a bomb or where mm-hmm. you do need to roll up and squeeze through a hidden cavern or something to that effect. So there are things in place so that way you can find out how to move forward without having to, you know, go to an external guide. Mm-hmm. That's why I think the reason I got through Symphony of the Night is because the map system is so helpful. The map is really good. It's because you just you know when you missed a door or something, it literally just tells you on the spot. But finding that door is always the challenge. You know, it just makes the world more immersive. And I don't know. I I just feel like sometimes Metroidvanias get too complicated in in all their backtracking and stuff. I think it's admirable how they use their worlds. Sure. But like Mm -hmm. for a player like me, I think kind of gets a little complex and overwhelming. Well, and it's it's interesting, man. Like, and I. uh, So again, I'm gonna talk for two seconds about fist this game I've, I've been playing it's not a nintendo game but like oh well uh so i was i was playing fist last night and i got to a point in the game this always happens in this kind of game particularly if you've played hollow knight particularly if you've played super metroid there's always a point where it's like oh this game is way bigger than i thought it was and i, I think that can be a hurdle for this kind of a game is like okay, I'm having a great time. It's you know I'm 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 bopping along. I've got lots of powers. I've got some good you know I've got the double jump, whatever. And there's always a point where it's like, oh geez, this map is so big, and I have to backtrack so much. It can feel a little disheartening. And uh, I don't know. I, I would encourage you to check out something that Super Metroid does very well. Is that and, and this is possibly just due to the fact that it's an older game. It's it's a pretty I don't know. All things considered, it's a pretty directed experience. It's a pretty linear, you know, one of these. Uh, yeah, because it's definitely it's one of you know the first of its kind. It's the first one, exactly. It's 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 the it's one of the first of its type. So it's like you can only get so lost. Do you know what I mean? Right. That's one thing that I've yeah, always I know loved mean. about that. You know, it yeah. shuttles you from one area to the next and it keeps you moving forward. But at the same time, here's what makes Super Metroid great, in my view, is that while it does keep that forward momentum going, it never makes it feel like it's linear, like it's pushing you from one place to the next. Instead, it, yes, yes. it's d- designed in a way to make it feel organic, such that when you do encounter Meridia, it feels like you suddenly plunged into this weird underwater cavern. Or when you do get to, you know, Brinstar, it looks 
uh, so different than everything else. And like you've, you're going into unexplored territory and you're a pioneer. You know, that's what makes it so magical to play through even today. And it does minimize that issue like you were talking about, Mark, with backtracking and um, getting lost. Because at the same time, it also has many ingenious and very conveniently located ways that the world intertwines that you have shortcuts appear it's very well connected such that even though there isn't a fast travel section or a uh, ability per se you are able to get from one place to another pretty conveniently once you get all the required items yeah that's how i feel about castlevania symphony of the night where it's like a mm. game that looks overwhelming the fact that there's two castles it's like but the visual indicators and every time you beat a boss how you know there's an empty room and it's just like you know what the room looks like because it's completely different from everywhere else there's so many visual indications of kind of what to do next which i really like about that and it gets me through the game but mm -hmm. then i feel like sometimes with Super Metroid has beautiful visuals and stuff, but I feel like a lot of the rooms look the same in that game, and that sort mm -hmm. of throws me off too. You know, I mean, oh, to an fair. extent, yeah, yeah that does happen at times. But I do think that my Super Metroid as well has a great map, so I always keep an eye on that to see, you know, uh, relative to where I am. Uh, keep track of the areas that may have some areas I need to explore or things I need to look into or return to later. Um, I'd say it it does well enough at either having landmarks or making it easy to keep mm -hmm. track of where you've been or where you're going. It also, now that I'm getting better at Metroidvania ever since I started, well, just reviewing them and just playing a lot of them, I feel like it's a game I need to go back to since I don't know the last time I actually played Super Metroid. Yeah, it is. Wow. I, I don't want to say that anything is required playing because, you know, games are games. They're just mm -hmm. supposed to But obviously fun, experience but... is, you know. Experience. Yeah, exactly. If you play Super Metroid, you know, that's the game that laid the blueprint for so many games going forward. Some yeah. games directly cloning it, some games building on top of it. And, you know, Cameron, you mentioned Axiom Verge 2 earlier um axiom verge one was a straight up clone of super metroid and there are plenty of games yeah. that clone that but i think that axiom verge 2 is a prime example of how the genre is evolving and actually addressing some of the complaints and experiences that players like mark perhaps have had playing metroidvanias in terms of adding fast travel making maps more convenient to explore the genre is no longer just building off of what two games did back in the 90s it's now moving well, in new directions it's how, with it. it it's not even how the map looks or fast travel or mm -hmm. anything like that it's just like the bs you know yeah. like i said there's always like those metroid moments where it's like oh you gotta place a bomb in this little corner above that exact pixel and it lets the thing go up so that way you can cross the thing or like the wall opens by doing this exact movement or there's always something that there's no visual indication to know what you're supposed to do and that's my real problem with super metroid where unlike castlevania symphony of the night it's kind of a completely type different type of game to compare it to but in that game there are so many visual indications of what to do whether it's the map system that tells you hey there's a blank spot here did you know you could probably go up hint hint you know you don't find that in super metroid and that's not that that's a bad thing because games can be cryptic and still be great which super metroid is but it's obviously something that comes off a lot more complicated and thought-provoking than perhaps well, I think, the majority I think of metroidvanias as, i was gonna say i think as games have and even as the metroid series has evolved it's gotten a little more clear, like certain games mm -hmm. are are much more clear about like here is what to do next or like here is stuff to look out for. Do you know what I mean? Like 
mm-hmm. for example, in in obviously a different type of game, but in Zelda games, like it's gotten more and more clear what you can and cannot do in regards to you know bombing a wall or overcoming a specific type of obstacle. You know what I mean? So it's I don't know. I, I think I get what you're saying, Mark, in terms of yeah, that's a great that. point with Zelda because it's like the first one. I'm not very inclined to fully play through but then i look at something like link to the past and it kind of it, it has that visual indication step forward right. you know like the original zelda there's so many bs moments where it's like did you know you had to throw fire into the tree to clear the path it's like the, like no one is supposed to guess that unless they have a game guide and i don't like looking at game guides i like to figure it sure. out myself mm-hmm. since i feel like i'm just reading and it's telling well, me it's, what to and do, it's tricky you know? and, and, and i don't again, like that I think, style i think it's funny i i think and again, not to continue to beat this drum, but I think that is maybe a generational difference, is like game uh, 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 games were meant to have guides. Do you know what I mean? Because we <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's saying- very true. Renan wrote a great article on the website about how Zelda, you um, how the guide is the way it should be played. You know? Exactly, like and, you and should and play Zelda with the guide. For that matter, yeah, one hundred percent. Zelda two, Zelda one, like. But I games- think I, here's the thing. I think it's different when you have a guide that points you in the direction for a game that couldn't, you know, have walls of text and voice acting and all that stuff. But when you're in a game, like nowadays, it's like you kind of just, you know, like you said, it's a generational thing. I don't expect to see that in a game anymore because there's so many other clever ways of showing the player what to do or where to go or where there may be secrets. And that's my problem with a lot of these older Metroidvanias, especially Super Metroid. I mean, I have maybe an alternative take on that, where I just think that any issues with navigation in Super Metroid, or at least the majority of them, are a natural trade-off of it being a game where you purposely don't have dialogue or descriptions. It is supposed to be a game where you're on your own and figuring it out for yourself. It's all about isolation, about that atmosphere of being totally alone, totally out in the dark. So yeah, there are places where it's cryptic, but I feel that if there were cases where you would run into an NPC that says, hey, have you checked out Meridia yet? Or... Well, see, I think... But there's still... There's still still a way to show those cryptic aspects, you know? Like, I'm down for cryptic stuff, but it has to make sense, and the player has to be able to figure it out. You can't be like, did you know you go into the morph ball on this exact wall and jump up and you go through it? Like, no, how is anybody supposed to tell? There's, like, no visual indication. It doesn't look any different from every other I mean, pixel on the screen. at least later in the game, you literally have a flashlight that can show you where you have to go into a yeah, morph ball. But or there not, are other yeah. cases where you can see, like, there's a famous instance where you're in that glass tube, and then you can figure out oh, you know, there's, like, cracks on the tube. If I drop a bomb here, it will blow it up. So there mm-hmm. are indicators like that um, that do show you what to do without explicitly telling you as much. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, it is helpful for for the game to have those tools that let you see what's going on. But honestly, I think that the flashlight and abilities like that go a little too far in showing you directly what you have to do. My thought is that, yeah, it can be inconvenient to not know what to do, and there are a handful of times I remember where it does feel arbitrary, but I think that's more than a worthy trade-off for the game feeling so immersively isolated. You know, any other touch, you know, it may have been easier to play, but you wouldn't have felt as alone, and it wouldn't have made those moments of emergent storytelling that you get as you progress through through the planet, it wouldn't have made those as impactful. At least that's how... That's, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. 
Yeah, because I, in my view, that's where Met Super Metroid is at its best. The world is great to explore. You know, maybe there are some places where it's arbitrary or there's places where you can't figure out what to do. But it's the experience of playing through it, of gradually discovering this narrative that is honestly surprisingly emotional in a way, um, without any text, without any guidance at all to the point where there's the very famous conclusion that is honestly heart-wrenching it is such a impactful and very atmospheric experience and that is in my view the greatest contribution that super metroid has it's not in the world design although that's definitely one of the big ones it's in the way that it really just makes you feel like you're part of this world part of the story and does it all in such a seamless fashion yeah so that's a that's a great point i do you guys have any other like of this style of game that you really love playing on Switch? What, what did you guys think about Hollow Knight? I know we've we've talked a little bit about it on the show, but I'm just I'm just curious about your your general thoughts on on Hollow Knight. I haven't had time to play it, but I played about what? three or four hours of it, and it was fantastic. I played like twenty oh. hours of it, and then <laughs> I got I hit a wall of difficulty against one of the super hard bosses. And, Which one? Oh man, okay, it was the three beetle guys. I think no, the, the praying mantises. No, not the praying mantises. There were beetles later. Um, oh. I beat the praying. Oh, mantises. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, at the yeah. top of the tower. Yes, that's them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they beat me, and then I think I tried to go another direction, and then it was this like I don't remember what it was exactly, but like the spirit world where you're fighting like a ghostly version of yourself or a king or I don't remember the exact details, but that one also got me. So sure. that really stopped my progress at that point. Yeah, then, definitely, definitely try to beat that one uh, because you get a great ability after him. Um, yeah, guys, I've beaten this game twice. Uh, once on oh, PS4 a few years back and once on my Switch. It's uh, it's insanely good. I cannot wait to see how, if and how, Silk Song revitalizes or reinvents the formula. Or if it's just going to be more of the same. Either way would be great, you know? Either way would be great. It's like... Sorry, now, now I'm, kind of, I'm kind of feeling, I don't know, feeling nostalgic. <laughs> I wonder... Because, okay, so so much of this type of game, as we've talked about, you know, for the last half an hour, is is reinventing the same type of thing over and over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, how, how do you do that effectively? I, apparently Axiom Verge 2 does this to a pretty, a pretty successful degree. Yeah, I don't want to bring it up again because I know I've talked about it multiple times, but I would say that the progression from Axiom Verge 1 to 2 is a prime example of how you can maintain the core elements of what a metroidvania game is without just being a clone you know you don't need to have those those little alien beetle guys crawling around in circles on the platform you don't need to have the tubes that transport you from one room to the next instead you can have this open exploratory world that focuses on the atmosphere and on the immersion without really relying on the games that came before it and instead push it in new directions. I'd say that Axiom Verge 2 is a prime example of what the genre can do going forward. Well, it's interesting. It's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of the ur-genre. Mm. Not ur-genre, because that implies that it's, you know, like the thing that invented all other things. But it's kind of the, to, to me, the, the, the Metroidvania encompasses all other games. You know, as we talked about earlier in this discussion... It can have amazing platforming. Uh, in the case of something like Hollow Knight or perhaps other Metroid games, Metroid Samus Returns, for example, like really incredible combat, um, whether it's close range or long range. Um, it can have immersive storytelling depending on the type of game. I, I don't know. This type of game 
can do so many things when employed well. Even if it's just like a generic clone of another type of of experience, it can it can do stuff that no other type of genre can do. So I don't know. I th- I think I don't know. The point is, guys, I'm very excited for Metroid Dread. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm excited for Metroid. I'll Dread. tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll start playing Super Metroid, right? In my free time, because now that mm-hmm. we're back in college, it's a disaster. But mm-hmm. um, in my free time, I'll start Super Metroid up. Well, it, incredible. We're gonna okay. We're gonna talk about Metroid more and more and more as we get closer to Dread. I know Patrick wants to come on and, and yell at you guys about about <laughs> old Metroid games. Like I know that's a thing that oh he's like, gonna it's yell a thing at we've me talked about for a lot of things. A lot of things, yeah. uh, but it's a thing we've wanted to do for a long time. So I, I imagine we'll kind of keep circling back to this discussion mm-hmm. uh, because there's, there's again, there's just so much to talk about. You know, whether it's talking about a specific game or the genre as a whole, or you know, design elements that we think they do particularly well. I, I think there's a, there's a lot to mine here. There's a lot of um, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff to glean from from these kinds of discussions. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so right. yeah, I, I think it's a topic that is worthy of further further discourse, in my opinion. Uh, that being said, is there anything else we want to add to this particular discussion about Metroidvanias slash Metroid Dread slash Super Metroid? We need remakes. We need some some gosh Castlevania Symphony of the Night. (laughs) I almost got very, uh, I almost cussed a lot right there. Uh, Yes, we do need some (laughs) some dang remakes, Nintendo. Uh, I just really want to, I really want to get the chance to play Fusion before Dread comes out, and right now it's just not impossible for me. Um, Unless you can Craigslist a Wii U in the coming month. Yeah, I was gonna say I am feeling very tempted to dust off my Wii U, pull it out of the deep corners of a forgotten box that I stuffed it in somewhere in my closet, and actually try and and play through either Zero Mission or Fusion because I've I've not played those, but I really want to get get more of an experience with the series. But I don't know how much it's worth. Zero Mission is really good, especially if you. It's like. It's how you imagine the original Metroid should be. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's very it's like it plays really well. It controls really nicely. You don't have to deal with any of that cruft. It's just a really good game. Uh, Fusion I haven't played, so I, I, I can't speak to that. But I would I just I really would like to get my hands on it before Dread comes out. I just don't see it happening. The really ironic thing is that Nintendo in their Metroid Dread journals and reports and everything that they've been talking about the Metroid series, they've talked about Fusion. They've talked about Zero Mission. They've shown mm. screenshots of those games on Twitter without giving you a way to conveniently play those games on their current hardware. It's unbelievable. It really it's unbelievable. is. It's if like, only there was a way to play these games. If it's, only. <laughs> it's so tone deaf. And like, listen, we love Nintendo games. Nintendo, you're you're doing all right. We like you. But like, oh my God, it's unbelievable that they would reference these source materials and not have an easy way to pick them up and play them. It's unbelievable. Like, I can't. Uh, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's so fine. Ugh. With that, uh, I've been your host, Cameron Dax, and uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Listen, that I don't know. I, that's, all, that's all I got. Um, let's end on a note of frustration. <laughs> uh, you can find some of my writing over at goombastomp.com. I will have thoughts on Fist, a, a Metroidvania that I've been playing this week. Hopefully, in the next couple of days, Mark, we're going to talk about it. It's longer than I thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I'm on Twitter at ActionDax, and Mark, where can people find you on the internet? Find me at 
the Markel, that of course is Mark with the C, Cal with the K. If you want to look at my writing over on Goomba Stop, you're going to have a problem. But next week, you'll have a ton to fill your appetite. <laughs> Wait, what's the problem? That I can't talk about. Is well, somebody going to attack me if, if I read your articles? Yeah. I have one thing up this week, which is a Marvel What If episode. What are we on, Cameron? Five? Are we on episode five? The five? zombie one? Yeah. Yeah, the zombie one, the, the really bad one. Uh, you can read about that one. I didn't one. want to say it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can read about that one. Next week, uh, I can't say anything because of embargoes. But I can say, look forward to uh, GameCube content. Lots of that. Oh, anniversary anniversary time, yeah, boys. Yeah, we got a lot to talk uh, about. And Campbell, Campbell, where can we bull find you? You can find all my games writing over at GoombaStomp.com. My most recent article is a review of the just lovely, absolutely anti-Metroidvania, very linear platformer, Hoa. Uh, please check that out. It's a really wonderful game. Um, and if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at CampbellSGill, uppercase CSG. Wonderful. Of course, NXpress is also on YouTube. We are at NXpress Nintendo Podcast, and we're on uh, Twitter as well, at NXpress Nintendo, and of course, available to download on the podcast platform of your choice, whether that is Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Podbean, any of those podcast platforms. Give us a rate, review, like, subscribe, comment, all those things. Helps us get more engagement, which is good for the show. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.